today I'm wrapping up a series called Living the Dream. Uh, now, this is part two of last week's message, so if you missed it, please get online, watch the message, download it on your iPod, and listen to it. But you want to hear part one of, of, this, of this message. This is the second uh, installment today, and I, I've titled it, There's Room at the Table. There's Room at the Table. Let me just give you really, really quickly a, a, an overview of last week. We, we talked about how people's church is in the food business, that we're serving the bread of life every single week. The Bible says in John 6 and verse 35, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus said, listen, I'm the bread of life. You feed on me. You'll never be hungry spiritually. You'll never be thirsty spiritually. You'll have eternal life. I'm the bread of life. And every week we are serving up the bread of life here at People's Church, Jesus Christ. And Jesus is changing lives. Friends, We are in the food business. Jesus said this in John chapter 21 and verse 17. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, check this out, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And every week at People's Church, we prepare a meal. We prepare an experience, actually three, next week four, that, that, that we want to feed people the bread of life. And last week, we talked about three chairs. Every week, we have to prepare a meal for three groups of people to be able to eat and feed on the bread of life, Jesus Christ. We talked last week about the mature chair. We have mature Christians here, and every week, we have to prepare the meal with the mature chair in mind. And, and we talked about a second chair last week. We talked about the new believer chair. And every week, we, we have people here that, that are new believers. They're, they're new to this thing called following Jesus. And we have to prepare the meal with this chair in mind. And then we talked about a third chair, that every week we have seekers that show up. These are people who have not given their hearts to Christ. And we unpacked that and said, we have to prepare the meal with the seeker in mind, with all three chairs in mind. And then last week, we also talked about a fourth chair called the high chair. And we said, every church has some high chair Christians. And these are the whiners and the complainers and their selfish kind of people. And we talked about how these people stop many churches from living the dream, from reaching their potential. And we said last week at People's Church that we don't pay a lot of attention to the, the high chair Christian. We, we, we focus our energy and our time on preparing the meal for, for the other three chairs. And we said, you know, we, we just don't have a lot of time to, to give to, to this chair. And these folks don't really stay around People's Church very long anyways. And, and what I want you to know is that as, as, as we prepare the food for, for these three groups of people, and many of you that come on a weekly basis, you, you're, you're in one of these chairs. But here's what I want you to know. Even with all of you that are coming, there's still room at the table. There are still people who need to know Jesus Christ as O Lord and Savior. There are still people who need to be healed and set free and delivered. There are still people who need to have their life changed. There needs to be more room at the table. And you say, Herbert, what should we do? If there are more people who need Christ, there are more people who we need to prepare a meal for, this this bread of life for. They need Jesus. They need their life changed. If that is true, what should our response be? I've got two points for you today. Two points. What should our response be as a church? Number one, 
is this. We should never stop sacrificing to make ro- more room at the table. We should never stop sacrificing to make more room at the table. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. That's the promise that Jesus is one day going to come back for his church. And they're going to spend eternity with him. He says, and some understand, as some understand slowness, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone. Come on, shout everyone. Check that out. Everyone, God wants everyone to come to repentance. You see, the only reason that God the Father has not sent his son Jesus back for his church is he is patient. He said, man, there's room at the table. I want more people to come to repentance. I want more people to accept my son as their Lord and as their Savior. There's got to be more room at the table. Luke chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus said this. It was a parable that he told. He said, then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes. I like that. Go out, leave the comfortable house, go sacrifice, go pay the price, leave your comfort zone because there needs to be more people that come to the table. There's more room for lives to be changed. Go out to the roads and country lanes and, and make them come in. Make them sacrifice. In other words, do whatever it takes to fill up the table. Make them come in. Do anything short of sin. That's what we do at People's Church. Anything short of sin to make them come in because we believe Jesus changes lives. Make them come in. Why? So that my house will be full. And this this parable is about a banquet that Jesus is going to have and and his people are going to eat. He says, make them come in. There's still room at the table for more people to feed on my son, Jesus. Make them come in. And, And at People's Church, here's what I want you to know. We've always been a church that's willing to sacrifice to make more room at the table so that we can serve up a meal of Jesus Christ and more lives can be changed. That's what this church has been built on. You see, we started this church a little over eight years ago. And we started with the heart of sacrifice to do whatever it takes to make more room at the table so lives can be changed. Some of you remember the early days. We started in the Quell Springs Mall on Memorial Road in the AMC theaters. And we started in a theater that sat around 100 people with one service. And God began to bless the church. Some of you will remember, you were way back there in those days. We, we moved to a little bigger theater that sat two, 225 people or so. And God began to bless the church. And people's church, we always were willing to make a sacrifice to reach more people, never to be content with where we were because more, we needed to make more room at the table for lives to be changed. And we, we went to two services in the AMC theater. And you stepped up, and many of you began to serve back in those days and sacrifice so that we could prepare a meal for more lives to be changed. And how many of you know we were big-time stuff? You remember these days? We were big-time stuff when we moved from the back of the theaters to the very front of the theaters. And we moved to the 500-seat, you know, those big IMAG theaters in the front, 500. Boy, we moved up there. We thought we were tall, caught. We were big-time stuff. We got to the big theaters, man, and, and people stepped up. And, and God blessed, and lives were changed. And, and here, 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 many of you don't, don't know this detail, but the very reason we came out and bought this 50 acres when we did to build this building in, in 2004, the church started in 2002, was because the AMC would not allow us to go to a third service. They said, you got to be out of here. We, 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 you got to be out of here. We got movies going on. So, so we had no option. And we said, we could just stay where we are. We could be content with where we are. But we knew God has called us to sacrifice to make more room at the table so that more lives can be changed. So we bought this 50 acres that we're sitting on today. 
we built our first building and, and we moved in in 2006. And, and I'll never forget moving into this building. And I told the church, hey, church, we were at an auditorium there at the AMC Theater that said about 500 people. The, the, new, the new auditorium, we built the first auditorium, said about 600 people. And I told the church as we were running about 800 people at the time, we're going to go to a third service in, the, in, in our new building. I had people think I was crazy. What? Why? We haven't got plenty of room over there. I just believe God's going to bless us. And guess what? The church stepped up and they sacrificed. And many people stepped up and they started serving in ministry. And we moved into the building in April of 2006. And our very first Sunday was packed out. We ran out of parking spaces. Many of you remember that we had no parking spaces left. We didn't know what we were going to do. Monday morning, I made a call. It's time to sacrifice again. I said, we got to have some more parking. And so that week, we put out a gravel parking lot. How many remember the gravel parking lot? Anybody, huh? The gravel parking lot, man. And we threw out a gravel parking lot. We moved. We had church Sunday. And by the second week in the new building, we had a gravel parking lot because we had to make more room so that more lives can be changed. We're going to sacrifice to do whatever it takes so more people can come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You remember these days, some of you. Then we went to Saturday night services. We had two Saturday night services and three Sunday morning services so we could make more room at the table. We did Saturday nights for about nine, ten months, and we figured out, hey, this is not working. Now, people are coming. We're running between 300 to 450 people, but the issue is we're not reaching a lot of unchurched people. We're reaching a lot of church people, and we decided, okay, this is not what we're called to do. So we stopped the Saturday nights, and then we started four Sunday morning services in the old building. We said we got to make more room at the table, and both on Saturday night, and when we added four Sunday morning services, you stepped up. You sacrificed. You served. You stepped into leadership so more lives could be changed by the power of Jesus Christ. And then here we are, running four services. And how many of you in those days in the, in the old building when you saw that lobby? How many remember that lobby where you walked through like this? Huh? You remember that kids area, the old kids area when you walked through like this to get your, get your kids and, and we said we got to do something either we can be content where we are here we are we're a church running between 16 1800 people and we can be satisfied I mean God's blessed we got we, I mean, it's, it's, things are going great or we can say let's sacrifice and make more room at the table for more lives to be changed and we did that very thing and so we, we, we built this building you're sitting in today and we moved in just a little over a year ago because we said we got to make more room at the table and God has blessed in incredible ways and the church has grown uh, about 1,500 people since we moved in a little over a year ago. And God is blessing. You know what we could do? Hey, we could just sit back now. 3,500 folks coming, man. Just, let's just hang out, man. High five, belly bump, God's good. <laughs> but we didn't start that church this way. We said we're going to sacrifice to make more room at the table because we believe we've got the greatest message in the world. We've got, we're offering the hope of the world, the bread of life, Jesus Christ. We've got to make more room at the table. And so we made a call to go to four services, start next Sunday, to make more room at the table. Can I say thank you? Many of you, the 200 of you have stepped up and said, I'll sacrifice and I'll serve to make more room at the table so that more lives can be changed. And I'm grateful to you, because you know what happened? You know what, what, what I want to remind us all of? The reason that you came and God blessed you and your life was changed was because somebody before you made that same decision. They said, you know what? I will sacrifice before you ever get here so that there'll be room when you get here and your life can be changed. And now thank you for the same sacrifice. They say, you know what? I'll, I'll sacrifice. I'll serve to make more room at the table. And, and, and you know what? Now here we are. We got a 8.30 start next week, 8.30, a 10 o'clock 
an 11.30 and a one o'clock service starting next Sunday. And here's what I need you to do. I need many of you to help us out and move to the 8.30, move to the one o'clock. You see, most of our unchurched people, most of the guests who come who don't know Christ, they come between 10 o'clock and 12 o'clock. That's just statistically everywhere. We, 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 we run the numbers. We track our guests when they come. They come at the 10 o'clock and the 12 o'clock experience. So we already know the 10 o'clock and the 1130 will be the most crowded. And so we're asking you, would you help us? Would you move to 830? Would you move to the 1? So Herbert, it's inconvenience. I understand. But would you sacrifice with us again? So we can make more room at the table, more room in our kids' area, so that more lives can be changed. You see, here's what we've always done. Here's how I live my life. Here has this, this is how this church has always operated. We've always given up what we loved for what we love more. We always give up what we love for what we love more. Can I, can I tell you that I wrestled? Some of you think I'm some spiritual giant. Uh-uh. I wrestled to go to four services. I had to really pray and pray through and really seek God. Because can I tell you, it's, it's demanding on, on my body physically to preach three times and now four times. As you probably are aware that I'm not a quiet, still, calm preacher. I, I move. I get into it. And the same energy I have at 9 o'clock, if you come to the noon, you know I'm in it and I'm preaching and I'm screaming and I'm running around. I, I do the same thing. At, at nine. And so now I'm going to do it four times. And statistics say that a 30-minute message is about equivalent to an eight-hour workday. So here I am. I'm gonna do, and I had to pray through and say, man, this is going to be exhausting. I'm going to be wore out by the time I'm done. But I'm going to give up what I love or what I love more. And that's more changed lives. Can I, can I be honest with you? Can I be honest? Here's the raw reality. And here's another thing I had to really pray through. Now, this sounds real small to some of you, but I had to pray through on this. I had to start thinking, you know what? I'm going to miss about three quarters of the first NFL football game. If we go, I did. I said, God, are you sure we don't need to wait till January? Because I can get at least one more year in of NFL. And I love it. I love it. I love sports. I love football. I love fantasy football. I love, and I had to say, you know what? Is this really about me? I got to give up what I love for what I love more. And I thank God for TiVo. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, some of you don't know what that is. You're still old school. Okay, get your VCR tapes out. And I need you to help me. I need you to sacrifice. I, I need as many of you as possible at 1 o'clock. I need you at, at 8. I need you, to free, I need you to free up space, free up kids' space so that we can make more room at the table so that more lives can be changed. We give up what we love for what we love more, and that's more changed life. Jesus changes lives. Amen. He changes lives. There's a... A second thing I, I want to share with you today. What, what's our response? What do we need to do? More people need their life changed. What do we need to do? Number two is this. We should never stop giving to make room at the table. Never stop giving to make room at the table. I just want to say this as, as your pastor to our faithful folks here. Thank you. Thank you for tithing. Many of you are tithing. You're, you're putting food in the house. And lives are being changed because of your faithfulness. And I just want to just simply say Thank you for being faithful to the Lord. Lives have been changed because of you. I want to say thank you to, to many of you that have been sacrificing and giving above your tithe to the crazy campaign. Thank you. We would not be in this building. Lives would not have been changed without your sacrifice. And I simply say thank you for giving to the crazy campaign. I realize some of you are, are guests here today and you're new and you're like, what are you talking about, this crazy camp? Are you guys insane, crazy? What, why do you call, what are you talking about? 
let me just bring you up to speed. And this is a great Sunday for you to be here. You're like, you may be a little like, what, what, what is he going to talk about? What, what's, what's this deal going to be all about? Listen, you don't have to jump on board, but you're going to be able to catch the vision. You're going to be able to hear my heartbeat. You're going to be able to hear what we're all about. You see this crazy campaign back in March of 2008 when we were in our old building. We were running out of room. And we had to make more room at the table. Our church decided to do a stewardship campaign. We had a three-year campaign that we, we launched called the Crazy Campaign. It's a stewardship campaign. And many of our people made a commitment to give above their tithe to this crazy stewardship initiative to see more changed lives. And so now we're about six months left into that three-year commitment. So we got about six months left in church. I want to say to all of our faithful folks, we need to finish strong. We, we, we need to finish strong. My wife and I are committed to finishing strong, to make more room at the table. Uh, matter of fact, we, we, we've been in this building a, a little over a year and we still got some things to finish up. So I want us to finish up strong. We got about another $200,000 that we need to spend to finish up some things around this building, like, like the landscaping. If you probably were aware, you, we moved in with hardly no landscaping. We've been adding some. We just added some just a few weeks ago. You'll, you'll see the landscaping we just added. This is on the east side of the building. Uh, you'll, you'll see we just added this in. And how I many you know sometimes you just get in how you got to get in? Amen. Huh? Get in where you fit in. God bless. And we'll figure it out as we go, huh? So that's what we did. We just got in here. We didn't have to have pretty building. Let's just get in here and get some action going. Amen. And so we did, but now we're trying to beautify it. And we got another about 30000 to spend just to beautify the campus so it would be a place of excellence. And, and you'll notice in the front of the building, when you see the front of the building, the nice canopy, the nice people's church lighted, a lit sign. It, it's a beautiful entrance, but our, our new entrance over here is just plain Jane. And so we want to invest and make it beautiful. And so we, we need to spend some uh, several, several, several thousand dollars to, to, to be able to beautify the front of our building, get a, get a sign up there just to beautify the campus so this place will be a place of excellence when people come in to feed on the bread of life. So we need to finish strong. And on top of all of the things we still need to finish up, here, here, here's the deal. Listen, our future's bright. And listen, you, as you give aggressively to the crazy campaign, you are helping us to prepare for the future. Listen, we are living the dream. We're not coasting. We're not taking it easy. Matter of fact, it is on our plan. It is on our docket to start a campaign on the south side, a people's church campus to take what we're doing to the south side of Oklahoma City and our being faithful is preparing us to be able to continue to do what God wants us to do. And I'm not talking about 10 years from now to do that. I'm talking about ASAP. Let's get with it to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ and your giving. Put food in the house so that we can be prepared for the future so that more lives can be changed. Here's what I want you to know. Point number one under this, under this, point number two, point number one under this point. Here's what I want you to know. Our giving helps us see more changed lives. Bottom line, to see more changed lives. I want you to know if you're a guest here today and, and you're wondering what this church is all about, here's what we're all about. This church is not about buildings. It's not about brick and mortar. We started in the AMC theater. We didn't, start, we didn't know how this thing was going to play out. God has led us. He has blessed us. But it's never been about buildings. It's never been about brick and mortar. The reason that we do what we do, our motivation is to see more changed lives. Matter of fact, when you pull out the parking lot today, the signs that you will see as you pull out say more. It's all about more changed lives. The reason that we do what we do is we want to see more changed lives. We really do believe that Jesus changes lives. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 says this, bring the whole tithe, 10% of our income into the storehouse. Why? That there may be food in my house. And many of you have been faithful to do that and lives have been changed. Since we moved in here, as I said, grown around 1,500 people. Since we moved in here, several thousand people have given their hearts to Christ. In this auditorium in our kid Jerry in our youth ministry area, 
Almost 300 people have been baptized in water. Can I tell you, last Sunday alone, 94 people were baptized in water, made a public profession of faith. I mean, God is working. God is moving. God is changing lives, and we get to be a part of it. Let me share with you one of the lives that have been changed here at People's Church. One of the men that attends our church sent this email to the church this week, his testimony, what God has done since he recently started attending People's Church. I'm not going to read just the entire testimony, but, but I want to share a good portion of what his testimony, what God has done in his life here at People's Church. He says, I grew up going to church with my parents. I would go and sit with them as they listened to the sermon. I thought it was boring and was wondering why I had to go. Every Sunday, I couldn't wait to get out or get old enough to let my parents know I didn't want to go or wasn't going. I've been there. I've been there. How many of you may have grew up in church? Huh? My mama had the pension ministry. Hush up, sit down, shut up, and listen. I don't want to be here. It's boring, you know. It's finally, he says, finally, I got to about junior high, and I was no longer forced to go to church. I would only attend on holidays. After I graduated high school, I went to college for about a semester and dropped out because I wanted to hang out with my friends, go to clubs, and sleep. I met a girl at a club. We went out for a few months and then moved in together. Things were going well until I got her pregnant at the age of 20. I was so scared. I knew I had to do the right thing and marry her. While she was pregnant, I still hung out with, with friends, kept going to clubs. I was still living the single life. I was cheating on my girlfriend. After our son was born, we got married, and I thought everything was great. I had a son, a wife, and a good job. I had a buddy at work that I would still go out with from time to time. I would stay out late drinking and having a good time. I was in my early 20s, so that's what I thought it was supposed to be like. I was still living the single life. When I left the house, I would take off my ring and try to hook up with other women. Finally, she got fed up with it. I got fed up with her, and we split up. After a, after a couple of weeks passed, I started to miss my son and wife so bad. I decided to move back and try to make things work. We ended up getting back together, and we had a second child, and I thought life was good again. Most of the time, it was. But in the back of both of our minds, we knew that it really wasn't working. We didn't communicate at all. Therefore, it never resolved problems. It felt like we were together for the kids. I was fine with that for a long time. Things continued like this for years. I started to heavily watch pornography. I had watched it before on just regular movies, but now I was really getting into it hardcore, into hardcore stuff. And from time to time, I would go out with friends and cheat on my wife. I was watching porn so much that it was starting to affect my job. Because I was up so late watching porn, I would show up to work late and tired. It was getting pretty bad. I almost lost my job because of so many tardy, uh, being tardy. After 14 years of lying and cheating, I got caught. She always had a suspicion, but never caught me. We ended up getting a divorce. I got a new girlfriend and started dating seriously. We got an apartment together, and things were going good. I would still watch porn without her knowing, but she found out. She didn't like it and told me I would have to stop if I wanted to continue the relationship. I told her I would. We started going to a people's church community group that her friend invited us to. I really enjoyed myself, meeting new people, hearing others talking about God and the Bible. We then started coming to people's church on Sundays. We got involved and started volunteering. I still struggled at times watching inappropriate things on TV. We, we, we went to our community group one Sunday evening, and one of the guys in our group told us he had been struggling with a porn addiction. He invited all the guys to a people's church men's group. I went to, to two days later and continued to go now. 
It has helped me so much. I see my life changing. I have not looked at porn in several months. I never knew how much life stuff was in the Bible. I I know God is changing my life. I have so much to be thankful for. My life has changed so much from when I first started coming to People's Church. There are no more lies, nothing to hide, and I feel so good about it. Jesus, Jesus changes. You want to know what we're about? You want to know our heartbeat? You want to know what this church thrives on? Is we believe Jesus changes changes lives, and he is changing lives. I want you to hear another story of a man who came in this week, and he shot a video and just shared his story about what God has done here at People's Church. Jesus changes lives. Check out this video. You know, I ran the streets, like, real heavy. You know, a lot of adultery, a lot of drugs, you know, a lot of money, and I just, I thought that was everything. I got infatuated with just, just money, more money, more money, more money. It seemed like that's what I was waking up for. It just started, it started ruining me. I just couldn't live like that no more. One day, you know, my mom then told me, like, have you been to your cousin's church and I was like no I hadn't been and it was just like that night you know when they we talked about it it was just like something was like just pulled me to it here's your here's the window and here's your chance I made my mind up and and I came to people's church he forgive everything you know and I know, you know, I know he forgive everything if you ask for it. And I just start practicing living for him in the last two years, you know, and, and I see that he didn't leave me and things just started turning for me. I, I know, I know that God blessed me from being obedient and faithful and putting him first, you know, and we just been trying to be obedient and paying our tithes and, and you know, attending as much as possible. You know, we got our kids involved and they like it, you know, and it just, it's got my household under control because it started to fall apart at a point of time. I see opportunity that I didn't see you know, when I was just on the other path. You know, I hear a lot of people that go through struggles, you know, and I've been through struggles, but it seems like since I've been to People's Church and the pastor then preached about obedience and, and you hear it and you practice it, you know, there's not no obstacle that I, that I can't complete. Jesus changes lives. He changes lives. And that's why we make more room at the table. When we all work together, we serve together. It's just not about me. It's about all of us making more room at the table. And we're adding another service. And and our giving makes more room at the table. Because here's the deal. It's just not about us. And we had the three chairs up here just a moment ago. But it's more room at the table. So more lives can be changed because, can I tell you, there's somebody else like Chuck who 
whose family's in trouble and things are not going well. And they need to come to a place with hope, come to a place where the power of God is working and show up. And some of them are going to come next week as we begin the series, End of the World. We're going to make room at the table. Somebody's going to come and their life is going to be changed by the power of Jesus Christ. There's somebody else that's going to come next week, the week after, as we make room at the table and we continue to keep our purpose and focus of, of reaching people and equipping people to, to serve Jesus. Somebody's going to come that's full of pornography, addiction. And they've been addicted. And they thought there was no hope. And there were no answers. I've got to live this way the rest of my life. And they're going to come to this place because we made room at the table. And you and I sacrificed and we served and we gave and made room at the table. And they're going to come. And they're going to find answers. They're going to find hope. And Jesus is going to radically change their lives because we were willing to make room at the table. Jesus changes lives. I want to share two other things with you regarding our faithfulness to, to give to the Lord and how, number one, is that more lives are changed, more lives are changed. Number two is this. Here's what I want you to know is our giving brings blessings to our lives. It brings blessings to our lives. Not only is the local church blessed, not only are more people changed, not only are, are people's lives transformed, but, but it brings blessings to our lives. And the first thing that, that I want you just to fill in the blank here, just write, just write this down. Number one is this. It puts us in right relationship with God. It puts us in right relationship with God. Our, our giving does. The Bible says this in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? Now, now think about this. If you're walking the street and somebody comes behind you with a gun and they say, give me your purse, give me your money, and they take your money and purse from you, how many know that your relationship with them is not real good? How many know, huh? It's strained. Me and you are not cool. I don't care what you say to me. I mean, you, you're robbing me. We're, we are not cool. And, and the Bible says there's this whole thing of, of people robbing God. You say, how does this take place? The Bible says in tithes and offerings. He says well, that tithe is 10% of our income. It, it belongs to the Lord. And, and then an offering is what we give above our tithe. Verse 9 says this, you are under a curse. Here's what I want you to notice. Here's what I want you to see is, is he says you are under a curse. In other words, you're not in right relationship with me. You're not in right relationship with me, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Here's what a lot of Christians fail to realize is that our giving, our tithing is a spiritual issue. How we handle our money is a spiritual issue. And many people want to compartmentalize their life. They, they want to say, you know what, this area, you know, I'm serving Jesus, but, you know, and I, I'll live for Jesus here. But, but now this whole money issue, uh-uh. <laughs> no, thank you, God. And they compartmentalize their Christianity and and they fail to realize that, listen, our, our, our giving, our tithing is a spiritual issue. Matter of fact, the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21. These are the words of Jesus. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I want you to hear my heart for this church. I want your heart to be after Jesus. I don't want your heart to be tied up into the things of this world. I want your heart to be after Jesus. I want your heart to be right with your heavenly Father. And Jesus says a major indication, a major indication of where your heart is, of where your relationship with God is, a major indication is where your treasure is. And I want our treasure to be in the things of God, our hearts to be right with God, that we would have right relationship with God, and we can tell 
a big way where our heart is, about where we're investing our money, where we're spending our money. It puts us in right relationship with God. There's a second thing that I want you to see. Number two is this. Number two is this. It positions us to receive God's best. Our, our faithfulness to God, tithing and, and giving, not, not only does the, the, our lives change and, and the local church flourishes, the greatest institution and organization in the world where lives are changed, but, but it also, it positions you and I to receive God's best. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, the entire 10%, that there may be food in my house. Test me or try me, God says, or prove me or challenge me, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing. Now, I know what some of you are saying, Pastor, I don't need any more blessings. And that's cool if that's you. That's great. I don't want no more blessings. Don't need no more blessings. That's great. But for those of us that want to be in position to receive God's best, we want to see, receive God's best in our life. The Bible says, here's the deal. You honor God. You, you test him. You put him first. He said he will pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. God will bless you. He will take care of you if you put him first. And here's what I love about this church. I realize today that I'm talking to some new believers. I realize I'm talking to some people that just crossed the line of faith. And man, I know where you are. It, it's difficult to trust God. I've been doing this for years. I've been tithing and giving and trusting God for, for years. And so it's just second nature to me. It just comes, it, I, it comes right out of my check online just every month. It goes right every month. It just right online. It just goes. It's just natural for me. But for you, you're thinking, Pastor, really? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, serious? And here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to know. I want all, our, all of our new believers to know this. God is faithful. You can't trust God. Not, not, you, you don't, not, not, not just with your emotions. You don't have to just trust God with, with your health. You don't have to just trust God with your marriage and kids, but you can really trust God with your finances. God really is faithful. And when you put food in God's house, God says, listen, I'm going to put food in your house. I will take care of you. And we can give God praise for that. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is. He is. He is. And, and I, I want you to hear from a lady who, who recently said, I'm going to put God first. I'm going to trust God. I'm going, to, I'm going to trust the Lord. And I want you to hear her testimony of how God has been faithful. Check out this video. My mom got a flyer, and normally she throws marketing uh, mail and advertisements away, but this one she sat on the table, just carefully just sat on the coffee table. So I looked at it, I said, okay, we're going there tomorrow. And uh, I was determined in my mind we were going to go here, go to, go, come to the church. When I came, I was like, oh, my God, I just found it. We've been coming ever since. When I learned that I was the tithe, I was inconsistent. I said, I'll pay my tithe on Sunday. But say on Thursday, um, something came up, and I started spending money before I put that aside. And before you knew it, the money was gone. I don't have enough money to tithe. Well, if I take this, I can't pay this bill. And they said, if I don't pay this bill, they're going to get me. <laughs> I uh, had this talk with God. I said, you know what? I said, I, I, I'm going to be faithful. From now on, the electric company gets cheated. Whoever has to be cheated gets cheated, but you get yours first. The Bible says, test me in this. Test me in this. And I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessing. You won't have room enough to receive. And that's happened to me in my life. My life has changed drastically. Uh, my faith has increased because God has proven himself to me. And I know that I can trust God. 
you know, it gets tight sometimes. But I made up in my mind that my first 10 goes to God. This 10% goes to God, I don't care how much I make. So if I have to run over to the church the day I get paid, I do it, you know. I get my money, I get my money order. If, 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 if I feel the pressure of the bills versus tithe, I, 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 I just run over to the church and I pay them right then and there or go online. But I get it out of my hand right away. In doors that were locked, he's been just, just cracking them wide open. I was at the gas station one day. It was one of those little tight periods, you know. Uh, and I put uh, a little small change in the tank and this guy comes up and he's like, where are you going with that little bit of gas? And he said, here, if I give you this, will you put more in your tank? And I said, of course I will. And it was just like that. And that's just how he's been showing up. And there was one time that we really had so many groceries, we could not close the cupboard. It's just been overflow. God has been faithful and he shows up every single time. And I know that when it's tight, he's always going to show up. He never failed me yet. He never failed me yet. He is a faithful God. He is a faithful God. There are, are two responses to this message today. Number one is we got to sacrifice. We can't get content where we are. And I can't be the only one that sacrifices. Can't be just 100 or 200 or 1,000 of us. It takes an army of us sacrificing. They say, this is not all about me. There are a lot of people who need Christ. There are a lot of people that need to feed on the bread of life. I can't make this all about me. We got to make more room. Pastor, I'll help you. I'll be at the 830. I'll be at the, I'll be at the one. Pastor, I'm going to serve. I'm going to step up. I'm going to serve. Maybe you signed up for the kids and Wednesday night connecting. Now, you can drop in the kids area at the balloon table and get the application. But Pastor, I'm going to do what it takes to make more room for more lives to be changed. And then second of all, here's what I want us to do as a response for all of our regular attenders in this place. This is your home church. Would you grab this commitment card? It's a six-month to the goal line. Six months to the goal line. Grab this crazy commitment card. It's in the back of the seat pocket. You may have to reach behind you, maybe in front of you, but grab this commitment card. I want us to make commitments today. Here's the first commitment. If you're not a tither, you don't need to worry about making a commitment to the crazy campaign the last six months. Your first commitment is say, you know what? I'm going to start tithing. I'm going to put food in God's house so he can put food in my house. Pastor, I want to make more room at the table for more lives to be changed. I want to trust God. I want to put God first. And so today, if you're not a tither, you're saying, Pastor, I'm going to make the commitment today. I'm going to start tithing and honoring God. Number two, the second commitment is for those of us who are tithers, that we have finished out our crazy campaign commitment, or maybe you've fallen behind. Man, no big deal. There's no condemnation in this place. But for the last six months, you say, Pastor, I'm going to finish strong. I'm going to give strong that we can finish out this project, that we can prepare for the future so that we can expand our table so more lives can be changed. And you can grab this card and just check the box. My six-month commitment, I'm committing for six months. You can let us know the amount you're going to commit the next six months to give to the Lord's kingdom, to the crazy campaign above your tithe. You can check you want to give it weekly, monthly, or one time, your name and address there, and then the ushers will come in a few moments and drop this in the offering bucket. So would you grab the cards and let's begin to write and let's just be obedient to God. Father, I thank you for this message.